That's really picked up. That's really picked up. That's way louder. That's way louder. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Episode 125. Oh, yeah. Ding dong. It's a podcast. Oh, yeah. Now you're listening to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Ding yeah. dong. It's a podcast. Episode yeah. 125. Welcome back. With your hosts. What if we did that every week? What With if I your just host, introduced that me and bit? you. Him and I. In and out. In Champion and out. of our bracket. Okay. Yeah. I thought McDonald's won. That would do well. Revisionist history. <laughs> Guys, revision it's been a is history. Slow week. Let me it's tell been you. a very slow week. So we ain't got that much to talk about. So probably not going to be a 90 minute episode on this I, one. I didn't do dick. <laughs> Neither did I. I worked I a, a lot. Uh, I had a. Yeah, it sounded like it. What did you? Did you have like real stuff to do? Yeah, like our. So so. Basically, things like started showing up, and we had all these hearings all of a sudden. Oh, good. And then I would just have like, again, it's not to say that I'm not like generally somewhat busy, but also like, especially during a work at home, like all my friends are like in situations where they're either like cut hours or something like that. So I'm very thankful to still have my job. Yeah. On the other hand, too, I like I'm at home all day, so my house is a nightmare. A good one. Um, my house is a nightmare and like the last thing I want to do, not unlike when I get off regular work is clean <laughs> and things like that. And so I'm just like, the problem is that I'm surrounded by it 24 seven now. And so I'm like, right. ugh. and so when I'm busy now, instead of like taking 10 minutes or whatever to go like do a load of dishes or like pop in the laundry, I just want to go like sit and not do that. Right. <laughs> but stare then I stare wall. at it and it stresses me out more and I'm like, okay, well, um, but yeah, I'm no, it's been, it's been like a class. weirdly busy week, which I guess was kind of nice. Cause the week moved by a lot quicker. Yeah. The last few have been pretty like quiet. And so it's just been like sit at the computer and wait a little bit. Yeah. And now it was like, Oh, we have this here, you know, four hearings this day, five, the next, whatever. And it's all on telephone and they, they're like every hour or two. And so it's like a nice way to like remind yourself, go get up and do something when you do have a break, but then come back and then listen to a hearing some of them yeah. went really long too which also helped because it's like it's kind of like this is a weird example but like since we're doing them all telephonically um it's <laughs> when like enter listen- telephonically will connect me to you and therefore be your beautiful ass number <laughs> basically yeah um since we're doing them telephonically uh it's kind of like listening to like radio plays because hearings are interesting <laughs> right like objective, it's two people. It's two people who disagree enough to go in front of a judge and argue why they disagree. And you're literally just listening. You're and hearing. all you can do is listen. And so it's like it's not like a TV show or like an actual hearing where you can kind of read body language and see like, you know, where it's generally going to head. Here it's just like, what's going to happen next? Maybe that's the way. The way of the future. We like, just go back to radio. Yeah, some Orson Welles shit. Well, just for hearings. So you take the you take the visual bias out of it. And just literally listen to the facts. Well, they're not or, called watchings, are they? Right. There you go. <laughs> All right, Tyler. I'm just going to need you to type up a little 20-page dissertation. On. Stop. Don't. that. No. <laughs> I'm, it's a Saturday. Don't tell me to work. Okay. <laughs> Fair. What have you been up to, buddy? Yo, uh, nothing. Oh, I, yeah. uh, we've just been kind of picking little things around the house slash yard. And doing them noise so since we did our fence i've been cutting down all the old fence wood mm-hmm. um so we can you know burn it or 
Throw it in a bonfire. Fire. A big old um, bonfire. Fireball. Yesterday I cut some branches that were just like in the way in front of our house. Um, nice. Like over our driveway and our sidewalk. And I've uh, been writing a bunch of Muzak. Whoa. Dude, yeah, by the end of this, you buddy. guys are going to have one of those houses that can go on like the the British gardening like <laughs> things. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about Great British Bake Off, but like the competitions in Britain where like oh, they grade they your like, garden. I I hope so. Maybe. Have you, have you seen those? We have large ex- aspirations. No. Large. I hope you don't have large expirations. That would make well, me very that, sad. That too. Yeah. I hope those aren't coming anytime in the near future. If perspiration is on your face, is aspiration on your butt? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can look up more into this British yard. I Please shouldn't just do. type British yard. I think that's a jail. Um, <laughs> British. What is it? Like garden Lawn competition? I yeah, know. I think so. And it's like garden. I'll type garden lawn competition. Lots of preparation for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the short list for Britain's best lawn competition has been revealed. Wow. Fuck, those are some pretty nice looking y- lawns, though. Um, <laughs> this is exactly what I was hoping for today. This is from twenty the 2017. I don't know that they're doing it this year, obviously, but... Um, dude, okay, but fun fact. Britain's best lawn in 2018 took 273 hours to mow. What? It's mowed six times a week. What? Yeah. This isn't what I was thinking of, but it is exactly what I was hoping for out of today. So, okay. So, let's see. Guys, from housebeautiful.com in August 2nd, 2017, the shortlist for Britain's best lawn was revealed. Have you ever seen lawns that look this good? And let me tell you, they're, they're Those lines special. are perfect. Dude, they're pretty nice. For the past 12 years, Britain's best lawn competition has celebrated passionate gardeners who want to show off their lawns, and this year's shortlist has been certainly been no different. We know maintaining a lawn is hard work. I'm going to trust the people at House Beautiful that that's true. But the finalists <laughs> here have shown you just what you can achieve if you spend hours meticulously tending to your garden. Guys, this is an idea for all you homeowners out there <laughs> if you've been looking for something to do. Guys, our first on the short list is John Tidswell from Peters er, from Peterborough. Ooh, Dude, came that in second in two. It looks like a painting. John, yeah, it came in second in the 2015 competition, so he re-entered this year in hopes of getting the top spot. John's lawn is his pride and joy. He mows it every day during the peak lawn mowing <laughs> season to keep it perfect, and admits that he even wanted to mow it on Christmas Day. That's wild. I wonder how much time he spends sharpening his lawnmower blade. Like probably a bit, right? Probably. I Rel- feel like that's yeah. Um, we got we got a push mower like a yeah. like a non motorized just like push mower that has a little spinny, and uh, Rose was all excited. So our lawn was long enough the other day that she got to take it for a little spin around the back and go do the spin and chop. Yeah, love it. How'd it go? Uh, it went it went well. Like, okay. Again, our lawn's not necessarily <clears throat> green enough or long enough to sure. really be able to tell, but you could tell like. It looked like somebody had done something with it, and it right. actually cuts. Like it wasn't like it was a complete bust or anything. Right. And she was happy about it, and that's what counts, you know. That is what counts, guys. Mr. Tidswell from Peterborough went with a, a classic, just straight line pattern, and they're they're lined up. It looks like somebody went to a to like a detailer and had them line their shit up on their head. But oh this yeah, is a lawn. for sure. 
Um, That's a custom fade on that one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Kevin Morgan from Exeter. Shout out the Morgans. Kevin mows his lawn about three times a week. In a bid to keep things beautiful and interesting, he regularly changes the design of his lawn from precise stripes to symmetrical swirls and perfect circles. And honestly, that is more impressive to me. That's crazy. The thing I've always wondered is when you see lawns like that or like soccer pitches like that that are mowed in a circle, how do they leave? Right. Do they do well, the, they have the to edges start in la- or the corners last? Out. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, that's that's a pretty nice lawn though. There's there's a bit of kind of what's the iffiness frizziness the down the middle? Yeah. Yeah, I don't love that. Maybe he has kids and they run back and forth or something. That's gonna be the other thing I was gonna say is that like because there's a swing back there at the back. Right. It'd be great to have a yard like this to look at, but also you can't go like touch it. No. You know, guys. Stuart Grindle from Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> Is third on our short list. Stewart's garden is used to being in the limelight, which is a pretty common phrase, I think. Yeah. Stewart actually <laughs> opens his garden to the public each year and has raised thousands of pounds for charity. All right, clowning on this name, dude's name and this fucking thing, but he's raising charity <laughs> he's money. He's a good so. guy. He admits to working around 30 hours a week tending to his garden, and he cuts the grass twice daily every other day to maintain a precise height of five millimeters. If that's not the smoothest, like, putting green looking lawn I've ever seen. Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy. Also, his grass grows really fast. That's what I'm saying, too. All of these do. Like, I could mow my lawn once a week. Might be a waste of time. Although Maybe that's just because I have a shitty lawn. To be fair, though, right, if if he has, like, an optimized lawn here and also is trying to maintain a height of five millimeters. Right. I feel like. That's short. That's really short. That's half a centimeter. Is it? This is the part where we do British math. How many, how many, let's see, five millimeters. There are 10 millimeters in the centimeters. centimeters. I think that's correct. Yeah, you're right. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you're right. Now, how many is it in inches? How many millimeters are in an inch? No, how many, how many is it? It's 2.35 centimeters in. Oh, fucking dork. I'm glad you know. (laughs) In an (laughs) inch, right? Something around there. 2.35, It's a fifth of an inch, basically. That's not much. No, that's, that's really a, short. That's like a putting green, basically. I'm going to see what mm-hmm. the putting green height is. Guys, you're learning all about lawn care today. Putting green grass height. Is Jamie, look that typically up. Typically, <laughs> 0.125 inches with a stimp meter rating of about eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch that stimp God, meter. Dude, hold on. I definitely have to pull up what the fuck a stimp meter is. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Check out. <laughs> Yo, I just got a new stimp meter. This question that I wasn't sure was a thing that existed has turned into a really positive thing here today. So we're going to talk about it a lot. I hope you guys are into learning about the grass. Something I'm allergic to. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I So, okay, funny story a little bit. I think, and I may get a call from my parents after confirming this or denying this. Yeah. But I think that when I was younger... I used to mow the grass a lot, but then I developed allergies to it. And I think part of it was that I didn't want to mow the grass. And so not that I wouldn't say, like lie and you say like, it. oh, I can't. But I was like, no, it, like I feel like itchy when I'm done, which then yeah. ended up actually being true, too, because I'd wear long sleeves. And I was like, well, maybe it isn't a thing. Maybe I've just made this up. Yeah. But I think that my dad thought that I wasn't allergic to grass. And then all of a sudden, because he's like, you play soccer and stuff like that. You dive on the grass all the time. But then I would come inside like fucking itchy and covered in hives. And he's like, okay, maybe you don't mow the grass anymore. <laughs> 
Side note, I think we have thunder snow going on right now. Thunder snow, huh? Yeah. What like, a nightmare. It's it was just like violently thundering. I saw you looking around snowing. like a little concerned. And I was yeah, like, um. I thought somebody was dragging something down the street. Like sometimes if oh, somebody God. has like a bouncy right. empty trailer or something, it's really loud and Right. It sounded like somebody was running a snowplow on dry cement. Oh. That's not but an it was idea, from the it? sky. Oh, Lord. Guys, so those were our top three uh, on the short list here. Along with the prestigious title, the winner will receive a lithium-ion-powered self-propelled lawnmower from EgoPower Plus, as well as wow. a multi-tool. The runner-up will get a multi-tool kit worth 600 pound, and third place will receive an Ego Leaf Blower. But who will win? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Just kidding. Stuart Grindle from Doncaster won. Dude, th- look at how old he is. He's the oldest man. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you have to be. Well, like, you yeah, can't have been other things to yeah. do and dude, spend 30 hours on your lawn. The thing is, though, he actually... Dude, that's a nice fucking lawn. Um, <laughs> dur- the shortlist for the prestigious title was revealed in August. Now the final results were revealed. Stuart has beat his competition. Um, during the height of the mowing season, Stuart tends to his lawn twice a day, three times a week, spending an hour each time doing so. Stewart even has a yearly lawn care regime with scarifying, aerating, and overseeding all taking place dependent on the season. Quite the perfectionist, his lawn is kept to five millimeters high, while gorgeous, colorful floral displays complete the overall look of his garden. Look at how nice that looks. Wow. That's like, uh, dude, that looks like a fucking mystical wonderland. That's crazy. That's so nice. Having spent 40 years looking after his lawn and its meticulous edging, Stuart says, this lawn is my pride and joy, and it has been a labor of love for years. I have spent many a year perfecting my garden, particularly the lawn, and have learned that there is never a finished article. It's a passion I have had for over 40 years. The (sighs) only factor getting Stuart out of the garden, quote, my wife telling me it's time to stop each day. Stuart's old as shit, so he can get away with it, but that's got some big boomer energy to it. The judges voted in favor of Stewart's lawn because of the vital role that it played within the garden. Apart from winning the prestigious best lawn title, he also got a lawnmower and a bunch of cool stuff. So, guys, if you live in Britain and you want to have a nice-ass yard or know of someone who does, send us a pic. What the fuck? Look at this yard. <laughs> huh? Yo. Huh? Dude, what? this lawn, this yard has, like, designs and patterns in it. Dude, and then it says it's the oldest. It's, like, another oldest man in the world. And it says his wife and children aren't allowed on the lawn. So like well, fuck I this guy one. for having a, right. Why bother? These people, I'm glad they're passionate about something and they have something to do. But uh, I'm sorry, dude. His name's Keith. Like of Keith? course it is. Wait, this dude isn't old. He just looks fucking rude. Oh, screw you, Keith. Maybe he's a firefighter. Not that firefighters look rude, but he kind of like looks. Yeah, I would say what? <laughs> okay, but I have to look Actually, at this no, real some quick. Really nice firefighters. Zane, go ahead and tell me what a stimp meter is. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it probably has something to do with the stiffness of the grass blades. A stimp meter is the device used to measure the speed of a golf course putting green by applying a known force to a golf ball and measuring the distance traveled in feet. Wow. Dude, uh, okay, so the guy, dude, he he was a golfer okay. in like the 30s. Last name Stimp. First I name assume. Eva. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually Edward S. Stimson Sr. Ah. He, dude, he was the fucking Harvard golf team captain. And he was watching the, the U.S. Open in 
let's see, 1935. And after witnessing a putt by the top professional roll off a green, he was convinced they were unreasonably fast, but didn't know how he could prove it. So right. he developed a device made of wood, now known as the stimp meter. Which is an angled is that, track that releases a ball at a known velocity so that it rolls on or the rolls can be measured. Honestly, golf club back, golf ball smart. slide, golf ball back, golf, golf ball, ball slide. slide. <laughs> Guys, dude, uh, Zane, what would you say the recommended USGA stimp metered putting greens recommend for a slow? What's the length recommended for a slow green? Uh, the length of the grass? No, like what? How far should the oh, ball roll? Oh, how far should the ball roll? On the stimp Two and a half meter. feet? I don't Four know. Four and a half feet. Ooh. We're not playing on molasses, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> so this is for the USGA. It's four and a half, six and a half, and eight and a half feet. That would wow. be a fast-ass green. If you'd like, for those of you who don't play golf, if you hit a ball on di- like on the green on different courses, it absolutely will go a wildly different like gap in space. <coughs> or I could, could just said distance. It well. will go a wildly diff- different <laughs> distance at one course than it will another. Yeah. And for somebody like me who plays golf, I don't know, eight ten times a year that's like it's magic to me i'm like well fuck uh i guess you stimping out here big dude big stimp energy (laughs) big stimp is fin and cheese (laughs) (laughs) guys go ahead and tweet us how how uh your backyard lawn is doing or the front yard lawn either way yeah any of them lawns Let's get a um, lowdown on green height, huh? <laughs> we've been going uh, on walks around our neighborhood and stuff, and okay. there's a couple different uh, lawns. You know, there's a lot of people that just have, like, standard green lawns. There's right. a new house just around the corner where they just got rid of their lawn and oh. put in, like, a very nice patio and then, like, stone. So, okay. like, the boulevard area and everything is all, like, very... Um, uh, sparkly lava rock. Um, and then their like yard yard is like large gravel kind of, and it looks, it looks really nice. It looks like something you'd see in Arizona, but you know, like obviously no maintenance. You just, yeah, I go play in the rocks. Um, right. Not fun either, but (laughs) there's a person a couple blocks down who has it's, they also don't have a yard. It's just all wildflowers. So they have like an entire corner that is just divided sections of wildflowers. And it's like controlled chaos because there's right. so much going on, but they put a lot of effort into taking care of it. And it looks well, really cool. nice when it's all blooming. Well, I kind of like that too. There's a park here in Spokane, um, one of the bigger ones, Manitou. And on the side, like by the road, I guess they proposed a thing recently where like they're they're taking a chunk of the park – and like basically letting it go back natural okay and just as like not like as a wildlife preserve necessarily but like as like a mini one and just yeah, saying kind of like, like, hey, like, like patty li- right right exactly and so just like little areas where like nature can exist in an urban environment but that isn't like you know right. contained either necessarily right um we're talking about sports that people don't necessarily pay attention to and one of the topics the few topics i did have today was the idea that like during all of this life still generally goes on and so for people who are like you know a big thing we talk about in most episodes is like sports right we at least mention it once or twice yeah and so like what's been so funny to me is how everyone's adapting to it like i'm not a i don't watch the barstool people a ton but like they've been doing funny stuff like they have a guy who does trick shots on like instagram live every night 
Nice. And you can take like the over or under because it's a bunch of like degenerates who bet on stuff. <laughs> and so it's like, um, and people basically like see what trick shots he can do. And it's always like down his stairs. So he throws like a ping pong ball off two pans and onto the ground and up onto a cup taped to the door. Or how many times can he, will it take him to throw a pencil into a water bottle from 10 feet away? Wow. Or, you know, stuff like that. Like, and so people in sports are kind of like scrambling for things. Like, and it can be cool. Like, uh, Scott Van Pelt had the Hellgate basketball boys, or yeah, the, yeah, it was Capital Girls and Hellgate Boys basketball teams, like a profile on them on ESPN. Nice. Like two nights ago. And so that was really cool because yeah. they had like amazing seasons and ended up settling for co championships because the Shout out to SVP. Could, yeah, couldn't be played. So good guy. The other funny side is people like SB Nation who have what I'm about to read to you, articles like 10 sports that SpongeBob invented ranked. <laughs> There's this one guy, Kofi Yaboa, who's been like writing these hilarious articles about all the Flash games he's been playing. Yeah. But like before Flash goes out of style, uh, he had like a maybe five or six page article on like Cyclomaniacs 2. Yo. <laughs> um, he had another one on like Crunchball 3000. Like all these games that we grew up playing like on cool math games games.com or like congregate or anything like that yeah because those were the only ones that weren't blocked on the school computers right like he's now basically he's basically our age and he's writing these articles about like oh yeah since i have time i decided i would go beat this game that's incredible good for him right so i want to talk about 10 sports that spongebob invented ranked by the staff at sb nation yes spongebob squarepants was nickelodeon's best show because of its clever writing and unforgettable characters but we shouldn't forget the wild, made-up tests of athleticism constantly on display in Bikini Bottom. Coming in at number 10, we have the Imagination Box. What is it? Each of these has like a what is it, a best line in regards to it, the watchability, and why it's so watchable. Imagination Box. You sit in a box and pretend there are sports. Not unlike what we're doing Perfect. right now. Yeah. Uh, best line? Imagination. 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 Not to be confused with the imagination episode of South Park. Right. Totally different. Totally different. Just as good, I'd say. Imagination. <laughs> um, watchability, though, one out of ten. More of a solo sport. And why is it so fun to watch? They say it's too real and it requires a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Sport number nine, wall painting with obstacles. What is it? It's painting a wall covered with framed photos and other mementos. While repainting Mr. Krabs' house, SpongeBob and Patrick accidentally splash paint on Krabs' first dollar earned at his restaurant. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? That episode yeah. stressed me out. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, how are they going to fix this? And I was a little kid, and I was like, they broke his dollar. How'd they? What's going on? They, they broke his dollar. The best line is, what could be worse than a giant paint bubble? Two giant paint Two bubbles. Two giant paint bubbles, for <laughs> right. sure. Watchability, six out of ten. Why? Too much anxiety. See my first point. Lots of sweating, lots of crying. Not sure I could do it. So far, about over two on the sports. Yeah. But then we get into things like this. Number eight is snail racing. What is it? Literally snails racing. Yeah, SpongeBob, I remember that episode. Yeah, SpongeBob pushes his pet snail Gary too hard trying to beat Squidward's snail Snelly. And they both lose to Patrick's rock. Yeah, to the pet rock. I, I remember uh, SpongeBob got all 
coach in that one. He had his red tracksuit and his fucking <laughs> mu- Stephen Selleck mustache. Yeah. <laughs> or Tom Selleck, sorry. Stephen <laughs> Seagal. Stephen Seagal. Tom Selleck mustache. And, All right, Gary! <laughs> <laughs> Blowing the whistle, Gary's like, uh, uh. Gary's me walking more than, you know, or running more than a few feet. Uh, uh, uh. Watchability, 15 out of 10. Yeah. And they make a good comparison here. Snail racing is intense in the same way marble racing is intense. It's oh, interesting for a minute, you. but there's no real drama. I'm going to disagree with that second statement because marble racing has been the sport of champions for the last few years. Shout out Yells Marble Back. Racing. Not Back. a uh, not a sponsor. Gladly will shout him out, though. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about it before. Oh, my God, marble racing. Let's go Savage Speeders. If you like O-Rangers, you're a punk. <laughs> um, number seven, fancy bubble blowing. What is it? Blowing bubbles ridiculously large and detailed. SpongeBob blows bubbles in the shapes of elephant, ducks, and boats. Squidward doesn't blow a single cool bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Squidward can blow a bubble, if I remember correctly. He got all the crinkly right. bubbles. Right, and then it was the quotable line here is, stomp on your right foot. Don't forget it. You, it there's technique Bring to it. Bring it around down. Watchability, 30 out of 10. <laughs> Why? Big bubbles sound fun until they pop. They'd probably keep me really entertained, but only for like seven minutes because they're bubbles. Right. Number six, fish hook riding. Ooh. Sea creatures ride on fishing lines and jump off before they get caught. Patrick convinces SpongeBob to take a work break to meet him at the carnival. Spoiler, the carnival is hooks. Right. <laughs> Patrick is caught and turned into tuna. <laughs> um. I saw a guy, it was like a, one of the low budget cosplays, yeah. something, and this guy had like uh, six clothes hangers, and he had just stuffed them oh in God, his cheeks, no, and he's no. like, look, I'm Patrick Starr. Stop, stop, no. That does remind me of a thing I, we can talk about after this. Uh, watchability, 50 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> this is almost too enjoyable, or this is almost too intense to be enjoyable, considering the loser gets eaten by us. Right. So, <laughs> so at least we ate. I might have had Patrick yesterday when I made a delicious tuna melt. <laughs> Number five, Alaskan bullworm fight. Yes. It's a wrestling match with Bring a giant Sandy. worm. Yeah. Sandy Cheeks, Bikini Bottom's best all-around athlete. I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Takes on it. You were going to say Larry? Not an all-arounder. Yeah. Larry's He's a muscle-bound strong. freak. Yeah. Larry can't itch his own back if you put a post-it note in the middle. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Sandy Cheeks, bikini bottom's best all-around athlete, takes on a giant Alaskan bullworm that was eating everything in town. She won until realizing she only beat its tongue. The bullworm <laughs> eventually fell off a cliff and crushed most of the city. Yeah. Ow. That's where the, for those of you who don't watch SpongeBob, that's where the we should take this and push it somewhere else meme comes from. Yeah. Real life watchability, 70 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Wrestling a giant worm underwater? Not my first choice, but I'd pay to see it. <laughs> and I can't disagree with that. Number four, Krabby Patty Contest. Ooh. It's a contest to can see who can make a thousand Krabby Patties first. With him and Neptune. Right. SpongeBob loses to Atlantis's best fry cook, King Neptune. But because SpongeBob's single patty didn't taste like trash, he ultimately won. Yes. And the you re, the reason we know that is Neptune wanted to try it a second time. Right. He regurgitated it. Yeah. It's so gross. Right. Watchability, 105 out of 10. <laughs> Why? 
Food, do- food quality doesn't matter in this event, and that's the best part. Cooking for sport sounds hilarious. Bake off without the taste meaning anything. Speed frying. Look away, FDA. <laughs> that, that would be the exact opposite event as to our last ESPN H- Ocho discussion. Like, you have speed eating, but oh, who's yeah. doing the speed, speed cooking? Speed cooking, yeah. <clears throat> You're not pre-cooking it. What if you had <laughs> teams, dude? You get a speed cook with a speed eater and see who can... <laughs> In a sense, aren't we just describing like Iron Chef or like Chopped or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I finished all the Iron Chef that's on Hulu the other day. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a little sad. I'm sorry for you. Also, people trash that show online. Oh, yeah. I was just trying to figure out like, you know, why do they have the chairman? Like, I know the chairman's not like a real person. It's just an actor. (laughs) No, I was like, he's a human being. He is. But uh, like, why does why is he part of the show? Sure, and stuff like that. And people are like, if you didn't know that Iron Chef was all fake, you're living a lie. And it's like, well, and no, like, I it wasn't it. Be, he was like in the the like it. It wasn't originally a U.S. show, right? Wasn't no, it, it was a Japanese, a Japanese one. show. And yeah, it was like they, it was like tournament style, basically. Right. And so they had the chairman of the iron chef board who was right. also an actor then too. Like right. it w- and the, the new guy is his nephew. That is great say. though. Something like that. Yeah. He's like a professional actor. He's like trained in martial arts. Like right. I've Dude. seen him in some other stuff. I just can't remember what Morimoto or Bobby Flay, Bobby Flay. Incorrect. Are you kidding me? Chef Morimoto is so good. Dude. I don't know. Bobby Flay is just an American guy who thinks he can barbecue. Come on. He can I know he can. He also thinks he can. Right. And believes in himself. Guys, Morimoto number three is wicked with a knife. God damn it. Now we have to do this. Hold on. Before we keep going with this, with this iron chefs, who are our chefs? Cause I haven't watched it in a while. All I know is Alex Gornicelli. Gornicelli was fine. Yeah. Forgione. Forgione. Yeah. Um, I don't remember his first name. He has a Mohawk though. Bobby Flay, Simon, uh, Michael Simon. Um, oh, here we go. The Iron Chefs. I have I have all of them here. Mario Batali. Mario Batali stepped out. Yeah. Ret- so the, the the first three are retired. Mario Batali, Kat Cora, who was yeah. devastating to cook against. Yes. And Bobby Flay. Yeah. We're going to get to this in a second. I have Bobby to finish Flay the SpongeBob list because just, I know we won't retired. if we don't do this. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back to this, though, because I want to talk about some win-losses that I'm pulling up right now. Yeah. So... Number three in the SpongeBob list is Anchor Toss, Good. which is a funny ass episode. The Anchor yes. Toss involves Bikini Bottom's strongest residents competing against each other to see who can throw an extremely heavy anchor farthest. Sandy won. It looked That's like Larry when SpongeBob was got it. his anchor arms. Yeah, the you dude, won. and the quotable line is, "I was a wimp before anchor arms. Now I'm a jerk, and everybody loves me." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this shredded ass shark with these big, bulgy, muscly arms. <laughs> Like Imagine like arms. right, like Hulk hands, but for your whole arm. <laughs> Watchability: hundred and twenty out of ten. Why? Ripped fish chucking iron. Give me an oxygen mask, <laughs> and I'm going under. That's my favorite description so far. <laughs> yeah, me too. Fry cook games is number two. I like the fry cook games. What is it? It's an Olympic style competition of undersea activities, including the fry pole vault. He went for a classic double dip. <laughs> <laughs> right, the chocolate high dive and bun wrestling. <laughs> Patrick and SpongeBob compete against each other and eventually draw in a truce. That's Dude. where they both came in strapped to the back of those giant. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, the best line from the, they they say from this show the best line is my name's not Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, watchability, hundred and fifty out of ten. Nice. Why the Olympics, but for sea creatures? Hell yeah. <laughs> and number one, jellyfishing. Yeah. The objective of jellyfishing is to catch. Right. Yeah, the objective of jellyfishing is to catch as many jellyfish as possible without getting stung. Popular sport in Bikini Bottom. It was introduced in the first season when SpongeBob and Patrick try to teach Squidward how to do it. And Best you have line to from make the sure show: you "Have your jellyfish call." Best right. line from the show: "Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. Loser. 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 <laughs> Loser." <laughs> Good jellyfish call. Oh my god, I think that might be headed my way. Thank you. Watchability, yeah. 200 out of 10. Jellyfishing rules because it requires developing a precise technique and being a master strategist. How do you run directly, or do you run directly at the jellyfish? Sneak up on it? How do you protect yourself from getting stung? Entertaining as hell. I agree. Okay. Now I'm really curious Firmly that we got on this, this, this Iron Chef America. Yeah. Yeah, so you were right. The, cha- the chairman is portrayed by actor and martial artist Mark Dacascos who is introduced as the nephew of the original Japanese chairman, Takeshi Kaga. Um, also, Alton Brown was on it, which means the show is perfect. Alton Brown, yeah, he was the main the main host. Alton Brown's the fucking guy. Dude, and they brought back Good Eats. I saw that, and it's exciting. I've seen one of the episodes, and it's like, oh. yeah. I need to watch it. I need to watch, first, we need to get Rose through all the original ones. True. Because they're incredible, and then they're so good. Watch the new ones. Just the fact that he like tells you all the science behind it, and like right, they're like they're very interesting. First of all, and he's a he's like a good host. He's like Sean Evans, dude. He's that's what dude. That's why uh fucking uh Cutthroat Kitchen is my favorite show on that channel. Ooh, people are like Chopped, and I'm like Chopped's good, but Cutthroat Kitchen's funnier. Yeah. Makes you it makes you work harder. Like Chopped is like we're gonna make you put squid into a chocolate dessert. And Cutthroat Kitchen is like, make a fucking steak using only your your thumbnail, (laughs) using a USB drive. And it's like, what? (laughs) And they do it. I don't know how it happens. And then they're always like, this tastes a little bit like it was cooked with a USB drive. And you have to be like, Like, that was "Mm." the challenge. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) This looks like a little bit like it was cooked with modern technology. And you're like, that would be correct. This looks like a job for me. So, okay. So the three chefs. Because there, there's been a bunch. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Mario Batali, specialty Italian. Kat Cora, yep. specialty Greek and Mediterranean. And Bobby Flay, specialty Southwestern. Yeah. Between the three of them, who do you think had the most wins? Um, I want to say Bobby Flay. You'd be correct. Okay. Who do you think had the higher win percentage? Kat Cora. Incorrect. Really? Mario, Mario Batali? Batali had the highest win percentage at 79.2 between the three retired chefs. Wow. He yeah, also had the third he's been highest gone overall. For a while. Yeah. He he left because they uh started getting all these like celebrity model judges and stuff that oh, gotcha. were good for ratings and didn't necessarily know anything about food. Like and actual cooking, yeah. He didn't he didn't like that it was moving so far away from the actual cooking. Is that really why? Yeah. Wild. And he like he said some mean stuff about a lady. I don't remember which oh, which shit. judge it was, um, but something about like being skinny and not knowing food and something. And it oh. was offensive. And then he was Dang. done. Well, there you go. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm telling so, you, dog. I'm in it, <laughs> dude. He yeah. He apparently, he had 
Seven, dude, he won 79.2% of the time. That's absurd. Yeah. 19 wins, 5 losses. No draws. Kat Cora won 63% of the time. Like, every chef wins a majority of the time in this. Yeah. You would assume so, unless they're going against other Iron Chefs. Well, and really, if we look at it... Which were the most it, exciting episodes. <clears throat> right. The, if we look at it, the Mario Batali had the second highest win total, or like win percentage... If we take out Wolfgang Puck, who had one match. Right. And I think he and... Didn't he and Wolfgang Puck, like, tag team one or something like that? I don't remember. Or no, it was Emeril. Emeril Lagasse. I forgot about Emeril Lagasse. Bam. Bam! Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Wolfgang Puck won his one. But if you take him out, it's Mario Batali second and Michael Simon first with an 82.1% Yeah, Michael Simon's win. a beast dude i love watching him he laughs like a fucking super villain oh yeah and he's bald as shit definitely so okay so let's go through here uh mark forgione he's grew of the kitchen for sure <laughs> dude basically <laughs> mark forgione coming in we're, we're just gonna go in in order of win percentages okay uh he cooks modern american he's eight and seven so he's at 53 percent win total um, let's see who's next. It looks like it would be uh, Masahara Morimoto. I was wrong. Morimoto is technically less good at winning than Bobby Flay is, but he's also not retired. So and he's been That's there true. since season one. So what's up, fam? Yeah. Um, out of forty-four matches, he has won twenty-six. He's lost seventeen, and he's drawn one. So sixty-two percent or sixty-two draw. Neither have I, but apparently it's out there. Number seven. It says, oh, si- oh, what? Morimoto's record includes his battle as a competitor in the Battle of the Masters. It doesn't include his 16-7-1 record from the original Iron Chef. Dude, 16-7-1? It's pretty good. Dude, that's like 70%. Yeah. Eh, it's like 68%. But still. Um, okay, so then next up would be Jeffrey Zakarian. Zakarian, Cook Modern American. that's who I was forgetting. Yeah. He has a 64% win win ratio. Nine or nine wins, five losses over four. And he comes matches. up with some creative stuff. Like he does. He, he's fun to watch cook. Um let's see. Who would be next? Oh, I guess technically Alex Gornichelli is just below him at 63.6. Yeah. Seven and four. Um 69.6% is going to Jose Garcia's. Cooks oh, yeah, Jose Garces. Oh yes, excuse me, Garces. Um, sixteen and seven out of tw- you know twenty. He has matches. some exciting battles too, dude. He cooks Latin, Latin fusion, of course he does. And then we come down to, um, I guess realistically the last chef with like actual matches, Michael Simon, far and away the most dominant. Yeah, <clears throat> Mediterranean chef thirty four seven and one wow. for an eighty two percent win ratio. Wow. The only two higher are Stephanie Izzard with two matches, and she's won both. And um, Wolfgang Puck with one match, and he won that one. That's crazy. So wild. I love this show, man. It's so good. Like, fucking, who did I send you the picture of, or the video of? Sue hmm? Chef Chris, who fucking, like, lightsabered that rack of ribs. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, that dude is a freak. Oh, he's a monster, yeah. And then he continues to be on there. Um, fucking Joey and I were talking about it the other day. About <laughs> how how those pep talks, because, you know, the sous chefs really, like, make a lot of the meal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the main chef does the overall, like, theme and stuff, but then right. just delegates. And then the sous chefs have to actually, like, make everything properly. Right. And uh, 
we were talking about like that has to be a fairly uncomfortable pep talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joey goes, um, or I said, I this is my interpretation of a an Iron Chef to sous chef pep talk. Is by come on, man. I know you're like good at your job and all. Great even, but let's be real. I'm the face of this goddamn kitchen. I need you to give me everything you got so we can go out there and win and I can take credit for it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey goes, he goes, I think it would have been, uh, <laughs> hey, dude, you've got the stuff to be an iron shelf yourself one day. I need you in my corner and don't think I could win without you, my friend, brother, partner, locks hands in bro form. Will you help me? <laughs> dude, I would run through a brick wall right now. Holy shit, I'm amped right. up. <laughs> <laughs> also just the idea of chefs giving each other like big fucking locker room prep talks right before like yeah a kitchen match in in <laughs> fucking, kitchen stadium the crazy thing about kitchen stadium alton brown said <laughs> it at the beginning of of one of the episodes it's like seventeen thousand square feet yeah, or like huge. something crazy like that but you watch it and it looks so small but there's also six chefs cooking plus a bunch of judges and like a big set. Right. The crazy episode was when they had three sets of chefs in there. They had a triple. Wild. Um, and I just feel bad for the judges at that point because right. how do you how do you stay neutral when you're having to force that much food into your face? Dude, my thought is that like I don't I don't think I could be a judge on that show. Not because I'm like the most picky, but I'm definitely not like an all-around eater either. Right. Like if somebody brought me a bunch of shit like covered in tomatoes versus somebody brought me something not covered in tomatoes i would be like yeah i'd probably like that other one more <laughs> even if, even if the first one was clearly technically better i would be a biased judge right which again to like balotelli's point not balotelli that's a soccer player <laughs> who am i thinking of mario batali batali there we go um to his point too like i always wonder when they get celebrity judges on if they're just picking shit they enjoy rather yeah. than things that are technically more like you know, well-crafted because it's like, yeah, bring me fucking grilled cheese and I'm going to be pumped about that. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not, I'm not mad at all. Bring me a tasty steak and some taties (laughs) and I'm going to fucking munch it up. (laughs) But if the, if it's battle asparagus and you throw some even well-cooked asparagus on the side, I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. Speaking of soccer, it's not my favorite. Go ahead. Did you see the supercut video of a bunch of Zidane first touches? No, but that sounds like a treat. I'll send it to you. Okay. Anyway, Dude, Zane, speaking of putting food directly into your mouth hole, there was a thing coming around recently. I was talking with listener of the show, Big Day Nick Jackson. Yes. We were playing Madden. He was kicking my ass. It fucking sucked. (laughs) Anyway, dude, Nick is the most devastating to play in Madden. Like, not necessarily even out of all of our friends. Like, some of our friends are very, very good at Madden. Sam, unbelievable at Madden. I watched him play a game, and he's, like, in, like, a league right now where he plays simulations. Yeah. Or not, like, simulations, but, he like, he plays with a bunch of randoms, and he, like, runs a a simulated team. And um, he beat some dude, like, 42 to, like, 6. Like, didn't even let him get the extra point. It was unbelievable. That's And so I'm like, Nick and I aren't playing at that level. But the problem is that how Nick plays, he plays with a rushing quarterback. And so he plays dual threat the entire game. And it's a nightmare because I can't do anything because if I guard him, like if I, if I leave a guy to kind of spy, then yeah. he'll just throw it. And then I have one less guy guarding somebody downfield. If I don't guard him, he just runs up the middle and my guys don't break off their blocks fast enough to come back or I miss. 
and he gets like 12 <laughs> yards of rush with even like dude Taysom Hill is a fucking cheat code for him <laughs> it's a nightmare anyway we were talking about this a few days ago while we were playing and he was kicking my ass and um we were talking about the there was a tweet going around a little while ago I think Pat McAfee might have done this too yeah <clears throat> where it was like would you take $3,500 or you would get $3,500 if you ate all this food in 90 minutes. Oh yeah. And I think, let me remember what it was. It was three double quarter pounders with cheese, <clears throat> one single double or yeah, one single quarter pounder with cheese. I think it was 40 nuggets, 40 nuggets and three large fries or something like that. Three large fries and three large sodas mm. or three. See, large and that's what drinks. got me. That's yeah. what got me was the large drinks. I liked the response that said, uh, give me twice the money, I'll do it in half the time, because lol, <laughs> that's a bet I'd take. Well, and it came up because Nick and I were talking about the Joey Chestnut. He was like, are you guys going to break the Whopper challenge? Because we were talking about you and I are like going to Parker's and you yeah. doing the burger challenge. And I was like, yeah. I know for a fact Zane can put down an unbelievable amount of food in not that long of a time. Right. But, God, that was like four pounds of food in like 20 minutes. It was so much, dude. That's hor- Dude, it was like... It was fun to watch, but it was like it was like car crash fun. Like it's just captivating. <laughs> like you can't look away even if you want to, and you're like, uh. So, um, he was asking if we were going to beat the Whopper cha- or the the Big Mac challenge, and I was like, oh, thinking thinking he meant that. It turns out that Joey Chestnut ate fucking thirty one Big Macs in like an hour or something like that. Yo. Maybe in like two hours. Like, I, I have to look this up. I got a fact check. A rare thing for this podcast. Here's but. the problem: is that I I do want like fast food right now. I don't oh, need same. it. We just went grocery shopping the last two days. Like yeah, because one day you're gonna go to the regular store. One day you're gonna go to Costco. You're not gonna try to hit both in the same day. No. Um. But now we just have like so much stuff that I just need to eat at the house. That I right. can't even justify like Oh and yeah I, I get why my parents were always like No we got that at the house And I'm like Right Yeah but I don't want that at the house I want cheeseburger I want grilled cheese um, The Shrek so, we dude, have at home Dude Too much We can't it's, <laughs> That's not even explainable on this um, Dude This just came up though March Let's see What was it March 6 Something Ooh. like that The day before my birth day People wow. reported on it Joey Chestnut, the 12-time hot dog eating champion, set a new world record on Thursday by eating 32 Big Mac sandwiches in how much time, Zane? 32 Big Macs in 40 minutes. 38 minutes. Wow. Dude, he ate just a, a Big Mac in just over a minute. 32 times in a row. Here's, here's where I lose just a tiny bit of respect. Okay. Big Macs are half the size they used to be. True. But also, but also that's ridiculous. And dude, that's so much. Ah, that's so much food. So, but I was thinking about it. Could I think you realistically could do do the the thirty two hundred dollar challenge or whatever? Yeah. Oh yeah. Thirty five hundred dollar. Yeah. What what would be your tactic here? If because again you have ninety minutes, and I think ninety minutes would be my only saving grace there. Yeah. Let's assume that it's drinks too. It's not necessarily like Coke. Yeah. I think the hardest part of that is the drinks. I agree. The rest, easy. You're taking the fries and putting them on the burgers. That's a smart move. I didn't think of that. And and just munching them down like that. But like double quarter pounders, mm, not, a, not a big deal. Not well, a big okay, deal. Okay, but so objectively, 
you're at a, a pound and a, almost like a pound and a half after three of those of meat and buns of meat technically and then you have buns on top of that yeah the burgers are a quarter pound when they start cooking them have I you eaten a mcdonald's point. burger recently yeah dude i have and i like yeah. a quarter pound with cheese that's a classic and I, I don't mind it I'm, I'm more of a mcdouble fan i'm bummed that the quarantine has uh pushed them away from their bacon because um, bacon mcdoubles were my were my jam except standard mcdoubles are two for two dollars and bacon mcdoubles never were right so anyway value perspective um I digress. <laughs> uh, but no, just I digest. Whip out whip out the uh burgers with fries on them. Okay. As fast as you can. Then work on the nugs. You can what, eat a couple nugs at a time. What sauce are you going with? Are what you going sauce? With sauce? I, I think I'm just going straight ranch. Okay. Straight ranch all the way through. Um because barbecue gets really sweet. Like yeah. the more you eat it. I had some wings the other day with uh honey barbecue yeah and it was like okay i ate half of these they were pretty good and then the second half was like a chore and it yeah. wasn't because it was too much food it was just because it was the same too much flavor. sweetness yeah. and, and flavor right and I'm, i don't ranch hasn't gotten old for me like that okay um and then the fries and i think i think you have to be sipping on your drink the whole way through the problem okay. is it's like going to china buffet right or any buffet you have to go in with a strategy like yeah, you have, have to know what you're going in there for. If I drink a full glass of water before I finish two plates, it's like it's like going to Hoo Hot too. It's right. Like I get water there a lot of the time because if I have something that tastes delicious, I'm gonna drink all of it and then I'm full. Like it takes up so much extra space that I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth because I'm not going up for that third plate. I right. Want that third plate. That's always the. Uh, the uh, num, 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 Jeez, the, sorry, the challenge on the ding 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 ding. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I didn't hit the, I didn't hit it that hard. Like, <laughs> I barely tapped it. Um, but yeah, the drinks are the hardest part. I think if you save the drinks for the end and really just like force everything down with it, no, yeah. you're not gonna feel great. But you weren't gonna feel great anyway. At least you'll make it through the food and then just like choke down the drinks. No, I agree. Okay, so I'm looking at sauces here. Okay. Oh, and so, but that would be your strategy, basically. Burgers first with fries on top, intersparse nuggets in there. Yeah. And then just kind of sip the whole time. I mean, you'd be taking yeah. gulps the whole time, but. Yeah. So, from 2019, I'm looking at the sauces, because again, there's been some discontinued ones that look delicious. Yeah. But from 2019, I'm looking at the sauces, and. I might even take, didn't they have like a sriracha ranch or something at one point? Like they a did. spicy ranch? Why is this not working all of a sudden? What's well. new? Something on the podcast not working? <laughs> no way. Um, McDonald's. Like I remember most of them, but there was a few sle- like sleepers in here that I would maybe consider. Because again, it's not like you want to go crazy with it. Like you don't want to have right. go a ton of sauces it. and be like all wild, you know? Yeah. So they have... Let's see. There's signature sauce, which is kind of like, I don't know, man. It's kind of just a, a thing. Like, it's not. It's not like the Big Mac sauce, right? No, but it's close, but it's not. Like, it literally is just kind of there. Like, it's not saucy. It's not ketchup y. It's right. not peppery. It's like just kind of. It's just it's, what it is. It's good, but it's not. It's fine. It's like fry it's, sauce, but in a not, sense, it might be a good pick because it's pretty neutral. But it also isn't like eating a dry nugget. You know what I mean? Right. Ranch is there. Ranch is good. McDonald's ranch though is kind of like 
funky to it. It's got like I a like weird it. thing well, for me. Well, it's buttermilk ranch. Yeah, and I don't love that. That's fair. Tangy barbecue, big fan. Because their old barbecue was sweet as shit. And not that this isn't. Right. Like, it objectively is pretty sweet. But it's better than their old one was. Okay. Sweet and sour would be, I think, a good sleeper pick to break it up. Like, that's going to be wildly different from most of the other flavors that you're tasting. All right. Are we assuming that you have to pick one sauce and stick with it? Or are, can you I switch up sauces? I would give you sauces? two sauces. I think okay. If you, well, okay. So, I think when I drive to the McDonald's here, they have a sign in the window that says two sauces for 20 nuggets, one sauce for 10 or lower. Okay. And so, you can get – or, sorry, it's two packets of sauce. Right. But I've also just been like, hi, can I get ranch and – or like, let, can I get you know sweet and sour and barbecue? Uh, let me get, and they'll throw those. Can I get it? Can I go ahead and, and if, uh, let me take a look here real quick? Can I can get? Can I get it? Go ahead and throw it. Would you? Can I get, was, if I think I'm gonna want, and it, uh, one more of a. So I'll ask for those, and basically, like, <laughs> there's there's gonna be a day where we don't break after doing that, and that will be funny. Um. <laughs> There, can I get there will be <laughs> times where I'll ask for like barbecue and they'll give me three or the, I'll be like hey can I get a ranch and a barbecue and they'll throw in one of each or something like that right so let's say hypothetically that you can get two sauces because your nuggets would be realistically two individual segmented orders right <clears throat> so you've got sweet and sour hot mustard is interesting I don't know that I've tried their hot mustard mm-hmm but I don't know. I this it isn't the choice here, because right. it fuck no, you up. No, absolutely not. But I think it'd be good. They also have a spicy buffalo, which is pretty good, but not great. And then they have honey mustard, which is honestly a good pick. But I feel like honey mustard is heavy for some reason. Yes, I would agree. So maybe and my again, two there's like that, yeah. that sweetness to it that like lingers funny and. So I think my two. Ooh, I'm. Barbecue's my favorite. That's what I go to all the time. Yeah. But as much as I think I would probably go barbecue and sweet and sour, I think sweet and sour would throw me off too much. Right. And so I would probably go tangy barbecue and signature sauce. Just something to break it up. Because, right. again, the signature sauce is more like, this is going to sound gross, but it kind of just coats the nugget. Like it doesn't really right. it's just add or take help flavor. It down or whatever. Right. And so if I went, I would probably go burgers first. But I feel like I would just have to focus on a certain one because I can house nuggets. I've accidentally eaten 20 nuggets before and not really yeah. even noticed it. Yeah. I feel and like so the like, nuggets are the easiest part of this. Right. And so if I had – what I guess let me ask you too. What would your drinks be? Probably high C for one of them. Okay. Um, Powerade. And maybe – choice. Maybe – Dr. Pepper or Coke. Then the thing about, I don't know, like I understand why Coke is, because Dr. Pepper is my favorite soda. Right. I almost never get it from uh, fast food restaurants because right. it always feels like watered down. Right. But if I'm like going to the store and getting soda, probably going to get a Dr. Pepper. Dude, also, Joey said, the, Dr. Uh, Pepper? Joey said the cream soda Dr. Pepper is dude, next cream level. Soda is ne dude, Wyatt and I were talking about that. Cream soda is so fucking lit. Oh my god. It's delicious. It's like that's like a, Freddy's, such a dude. slept on soda. Is it Freddy's or Teddy's? Teddy's. Teddy's. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know, so that's a good choice. 
but there's something about ice cold Coca-Cola it that slaps is unfuckwittable. Yeah, no, like, I agree completely. So I just I just don't know. So maybe maybe just a Coke. Well, and McDonald's has like the perfect ratios. That's why like McDonald's Sprite hits so fucking hard. It's the spiciest of Sprites. Dude, their Sprite is base boosted to <laughs> infinity. <laughs> I take a drink, uh, drink a regular Sprite. Can I get a? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. No, like I take a drink of regular Sprite, and I'm like, <laughs> I take a uh, drink of like McDonald's Sprite, and I just fucking hear. <laughs> That's the shit in my head, just. <laughs> and I'm they don't like, make oh my their god, Sprite boneless. Let me just take. There's a definitely yeah, bones get, in that shit. Yeah, yeah, can I get that shit boneless? And it's like, what? Huh? Lemon lime. <laughs> <laughs> it's been what too would, loud it's been too long be? since we've been loud dude i think i would it's gonna sound weird i think i would go i think power rate is a strong choice i like that one yeah um realistically i would probably i would consider a water but yeah. let's say you can't go water because that's kind of fucking cheating yeah out of drinks i would probably They'll charge get, you for it though I would get yeah you're right. I would get a tea, Kay. and you know that I love sweet tea. The problem with the sweet tea there is it gums you up. Yeah. And so I would probably go like sixty forty, and I was thinking fifty fifty, but I still think that's too much. Like sixty forty unsweet to sweet tea, so okay. you have the flavor of it, but not the weird gumminess of it. Right. Because I don't forty pounds of melted sugar. Right. The tea is also going to be theoretically, isn't a tea a diuretic? Yeah. And so, in a sense... I think it's the caffeine, just because it has caffeine in it. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, there's nothing that says I couldn't get up and go pee during this challenge. You have no, 90 not minutes. not at all. And yeah. so, theoretically... Oh, it's 90 I, minutes? Yeah. I was operating under an hour. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, an hour is definitely way more complicated. Yeah. 90 minutes, I think, is pretty simple. Light work. 90 minutes is basically every half an hour, you have to eat a little over a burger... Like fifteen nuggets, some uh, thing of fries, and a drink. Like that isn't a Saturday afternoon for me, right? Thirty-five hundo, here I come. I'm about to go get this right now. Yeah, maybe dude. that can be the uh, the uh, stimulus package. Yeah, that was the thing. My Trump bucks are going to just a McDonald's challenge. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why you get the bucks. Oh, so it can so go to a McDonald's of the 12, challenge. So instead of the twelve hundred dollars, you get thirty-five. Oh, dude, right. That's the <laughs> you just that's have the to secret the menu challenge. of the stimulus. It doesn't matter if you have outstanding loans or whatever the other uh, qu- criteria are. That's the big thing. In a totally non-political move, objectively, Donald Trump likes McDonald's and fast food. Like, <laughs> dude, that, this is his secret menu. He's like, yeah, you can have twelve hundred bucks. That's fine. But you can have thirty five hundred if you go get my regular order at McDonald's and finish that shit in ninety cold. minutes. Dude, maybe that's it. You got the in and out secret Clemson. menu. Stop. Stop. LOL, but stop. You get the dude, you get the that's super funny. You get the uh Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like, okay, you can get your twelve hundred or go order my order. Finish that shit in ninety minutes. You can minutes risk it all. For thirty five hundo. What if, what if there was just like um little any for anything that you were gonna do, you're like, hey, you know, it's like deal or no deal or uh <laughs> right. Like Wayne Brady pops out and he's like, Hey, here's the deal. You can take this six hundred dollars, I have the cash here for you, um, do whatever you need to it. 
Or, or for $3,500, you can try the McDonald's challenge. But then everybody involved just has to have 90 minutes available. <laughs> Dude, the a funny thing to do would be for like, because this is episode 125. If we get to like one, like not if, when we get to 150 or something like that. Yeah. And assuming that things have changed somewhat in the next few <laughs> right. months. Like it would be worth coming to Missoula and trying to fuck up this challenge. Dude. I and do just it. do like a 90 minute live stream as the episode that maybe week. we can crowdfund thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Donate a portion of your Trump bucks to our McDonald's fund, and we'll everybody eat a set lot aside a five dollar bill. <laughs> Dude, holy shit! Uh, anyway, well, I guess let us know if that would be something you guys are interested in. Nick definitely already suggested this as an idea, so he's in for sure. Also, I forgot about this, I Please. think, for like two weeks now, and okay. it uh, makes me sad because I really love when our listeners slash friends send us stuff. Yes. Uh, Griffin, long time, oh, yeah. long time, sent me a picture. He had a real life uh, shirt Stop. come into no. his pawn shop. I love, like, of course it did, but also. Oh, he took boy. a picture of this guy for me. I'm going to read oh, it real quick. No. Uh, it says, walk away. I'm a grumpy old man. I was born in July. I have anger issues and a serious dislike for stupid people. And it's got like fucking Knight Rider on it. <laughs> Dude, it's Ghost Rider or something. Holy <laughs> like... shit. <laughs> oh, my Lord, dude. So thanks for sending us that. Dude, that's amazing. I didn't mean to forget about it. That's so funny, dude. The fucking I'm born in July is my favorite part of that. Because <laughs> right. it's just not related. And that was what the algorithm picked up on. Like, like if you just had July. a shirt that said, I'm a grumpy old man and I have a I have anger issues and a dislike for stupid people. Okay, that's that's like a funny old like, guy shirt. Okay. But why do you have to add that you were born in July? Right. And also Were I you was born, born on the fourth of July? Or like was there something important? Like Oh no. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, I've got two tweets of the week here. Back, Perfect. Two back. I will find mine. TJ Mac. Uh, this one comes for, to us from Eric Dodorian. Okay. Um, TJ Mac should do curbside pickup. You pay forty dollars, and a robot pushes a random pile of stuff through a slot. You get what you get. I like that. That's a good idea, I, dude. I like that too. Somebody was like, somebody goes, I'd rather do home goods. I would love a random selection of pillows and fancy salt and lamp. And what's this? Artisanal popcorn? And somebody goes, excuse me, you forgot your four pack of old timey glass bottle root beer, which is the realest shit if you've ever been into a home goods. Yeah. Secondarily, we've got uh, from at fresh now, Helena, the way in which cats are so small and their food is also so small and they drink from a little bowl that is also small. I really like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes from Dirt Prince in an inside tent at Pantleg and says okay. the government should give us each $8,000, not because that's how much a Batman pinball machine costs. It's for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> the government should give us each $3,500, not because that's the prize for winning the McDonald's food eating challenge, but for a different reason. <laughs> Dude, I had one more that I actually just found here that was going to be it, but I, then I found the other two. Um, from from Ghent at GentTV.10. Okay. Uh, my shoes probably think I died. <laughs> That's incredible. That's a good one. 
All right. Well, that was uh, episode 125. Okay. And uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Bye. Stay safe. I love you. La.